Chris Keys for Premier Guitar. Today we're hanging out at the Ryman Auditorium on President's Day. We are with Chris Trainer of Bush. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are y'all doing? Real good, man. Let's talk guitars. Let's go through the lineup here. What are you using and how are you using it? And tell us about tuning, strings, all that thing. Okay, so uh, I got a couple of different uh, guitars in this set because uh, we got a lot more tunings on these last couple of records. Okay. This first one that's hanging here is just a blacktop baritone that I bought for $400 off Reverb or something like that back when they weren't popular. And I use that, that's a B2B tuning. I don't know what pickup's in it, but it's one of those guitars that you just buy and they sound great and um, I love it. And it just shows that um, you can build a really good playing, inexpensive guitar. Just uh, right off the rack too. So you needed the baritone beforehand or you were like, I wanna mess around with baritone um, to cover some the material? Uh, honestly, because I'm a bigger guy, I've always been gravi I gravitated towards baritones because they feel more comfortable to yeah. me. So like the fact that it's a long scale length and a heavier string like feels really good to me. All right, let's move along down the, uh, down the line here, see what else you're using. So this is, um, this is my main drop D guitar. If I had two of them, they'd be my main everything guitar. This is a, a 2017 or 18 Gibson Custom Shop reissue of a 1968 Les Paul Custom. This I use um, 10 to 54s on. All right. So it's like a broken set. I used to uh, use 10 to 52s, but then the lower strings started to feel loose for me. Mm -hmm. I have um, the Fishman Fluence pickups in here, the Javier Reyes ones. Oh, wow. I tried a bunch of uh, different Fluence pickups. I've wanted to use them for a while. I switched over to them because um, when uh, the Kingdom record came out, we were doing a lot of uh, like, live streams and I was really close to lights mm. so and the facilities were like people had put up a bunch of facilities like quickly to do that kind of stuff because of the COVID rules yeah and my pickups were getting like messed with because of the light walls so I switched to the Fishman's to be able to have like a silent um, pickup situation mm -hmm. and I tried all of them they're all really cool but these are the I think it's because Javier is like more more from a classical background. These are clearer. They have like less distortion. So when I run these into my fractal, um, I'm basically getting like a, a purer sound. I don't really want, I know some people want their pickups to add distortion. Yeah. And that can be cool when I have guitars that have those characteristics, but these kind of like give you what you're putting into them and they're really pure and clean. Hmm. And I'm sure that maybe the instrument even spoke in a different way, having what was in there beforehand into the Fishman's in there, I'm sure, gave it a different voice. Yeah, this, the, that guitar has, um, now it's rumored that in 68, some of the, and I know that this is true because I know people that have them, that some of the customs were all mahogany. They didn't have a maple cap. And I think this one uh, does too. It's the lightest Les Paul I've ever owned. Oh, wow. And it's uh, re really great sounding. Killer. Um, this next guitar is um, my main standard tuning guitar, which I use for the clash classic Bush stuff. This is like a, I think this is a 2014 custom shop. It's one of the first ones that I ever saw that had this metal blade on the back. And, um, this is a really amazing guitar, and normally I wouldn't have messed with it, but I had such good luck with those Fishmans that I put them in here. 
and it's a really kind of big sound. You can get like a single coil sound out of them and it's got this, uh, I don't know what it actually does, but it changes the kind of range of the bottom end with this switch, okay. which I really like. Like different voicings. And a good friend of mine that used yeah. to live in my loft in Brooklyn made this strap for me, which has my, uh, my, my pit bull who passed away last year at Christmas on it, Django. Oh. And he, uh, so I just keep my dog with me wherever I go. We saw that earlier and we we're like, the first thing we saw wasn't the guitar. We saw the dog strap and we're like, we're all dog guys here on the other rig rundown. So yeah, that's amazing. Well, dogs rule. Django, yeah. Django must've been a good friend. He was amazing. And they kind of leave a, they leave a hole that never gets filled up For sure. in, in your life. So, but, uh, I love him and he's with me every night. This is, um, a, song, a guitar I play on heavy is the ocean. It's um, a Fender Custom Shop baritone. And uh, I like this one so much when they, they asked me if I wanted any other guitars, I told them I'd pay them to make me basically a baritone that looked like Keith Richards' guitar. Yeah. And uh, this has a stacked humbucker in it. And this is a really, even though it's a stacked humbucker, and I always find this with stacked humbuckers, they still have a single quality to them. They're not as fat, yeah. but it really works for this song. This is tuned um, C to C for a song, uh, first song off the newest record called Heavy is the Ocean. And this strap is a strap my friend Tori at um, Red Monkey made uh, to look like Dwayne Allman's strap with that buckle on yep. it. So this is a really cool guitar. It's very light for a baritone. Oh yeah. And it's got a really good feel to it. This is a killer guitar. Between the strap and you know the obvious nod to Keith, it's got two big uh, thumbprints of historical guitar players all over with the strap and the, the telly. Yeah, it's a killer. I like um, tellies and Les Paul. Those were the, uh, you know, some of the first production model guitars and those guys got it right the first time yeah, around. Yeah, they stuck around, didn't they, yeah. the designs. Um, this is not a guitar that I haven't been playing on tour, but this is uh, my favorite guitar in the world. This is a 63, um, uh, SG Junior, and this has an incredible neck on it, and I'm actually gonna send this back to Gibson uh, with Cesar this evening. And um, what's cool about it is, it was sitting on the wall up at True Tone for a long time. It was super expensive because Just teasing the you. well, the it has none of the real parts. It oh, doesn't wow. have the real tuners. It's not the real pickup it's not the real bridge and uh somebody had done a lot of work to it to like make it good and they hated it and i loved it but they had it priced as if it was all original um and this uh this guitar just kills it's totally quiet and it's rare to find like a vintage uh this isn't a vintage p90 actually the guy that made this i reached out to him because i like this guitar so much and he said that this this is wired backwards so that it's like a reverse polarity on it. And hmm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I don't, I don't question it. Yeah. I'm not going to change it. And if you could see, like we say that some of the sanding isn't complete on this guitar, like here, see how it's all squared off. Yeah. And I, and I think like to think that this guitar was finished late on a Friday when some guy wanted to get home yeah. and just have his, get, get his beers. But this is an incredible guitar and it's just, it's just lucky. I found a lot of luck with the player guitars. You know, they seem to, I like the misfits, you know? What do you, you said it's your favorite guitar. What, what is it about it? Is it the sound, the feel? I mean, obviously the neck is a, if you're getting a copy by Gibson. It's a killer Gibson, neck. That says and, something. Uh, 
You know, the, the thing about um, P90s is it's no bullshit. You can't hide. Do you know, like, it, you got it, and, like, you got to get it out of the guitar. And I like that. Some When we did, like, the 25th anniversary of, um, of 16 Stone, most of those songs, every one of those songs was an E. Mm -hmm. So I would just play that song, that guitar, the whole set. And there's just something about like, this is what you have having to get it done with a guitar like that. So um, I really, I don't know, I just like juniors. This is like, it's you. And if you're not like, juniors are kind of like horses. I'm into horses lately. Yeah. So like, you know, it's always you, not the horse. And if you can't get something out of the guitar, it's you. It's not the guitar, you know? <laughs> um, this is... Um, okay, so this is a pretty cool guitar. This is my neighbor's stepbrother passed away, and he mm. had a huge guitar collection, which I helped him uh, sell. And he had all these guitars that were worth money, and then this one, which I bought for my daughter, because I thought it was a really cool SG, and she... Um, just didn't gravitate towards it. She plays guitars. I have a bunch of guitars in the house and she plays them, but she never gravitated towards it. So I was like, I'm taking this guitar on tour. Yeah. And I don't know anything about it. I think it's from the 90s. I don't know what pickup is in it. Um, Steve from uh, VHT said, if you have something good, don't mess around with it. Yeah. So I don't even look at what's in this guitar. And it sounds really good and it's a beefy guitar, yeah. but I don't think it's fancy or expensive. I just think it's a 90s USA made um, Gibson SG and it's a killer guitar. One of those special ones. Um, and this last one, I'm giving away all my cheap secrets here. This is a killer guitar. I don't even know if they make it anymore or what series it is, but it's a Squire. Jazzmaster baritone with a bridge that looks like I invented it. <laughs> and um, I have no idea what it is about this guitar, but this sounds incredible. And a lot of the Squire stuff, like I have a Jay Mascus uh, Squire yeah, Jazzmaster. Great signature. A lot of that stuff, like, um, really works. And again, like, it's nice to have nice guitars that are well built and you know, have, have a nitro finish and stuff like that. But also you can get a guitar that's like three, 400 bucks and it sounds great. And um, so I just love having the ability to have all these guitars like lying around. Yeah. My rig. Clearly not a uh, snob to have a Squire and then, a, you know, custom shop Tellys and cust uh, Les Pauls. So. I try to balance it out. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't want anybody to think You're I'm too bougie, you know. <laughs> but, um, and then this is, my rig, I used to have a, last time I did a rig rug down with you guys, I had a very complex rig, which sounded amazing, but was complex. And um, you had amps and everything. When you're playing, you know, you know, we do a lot of different size venues on a lot of different tours. So we can go someplace where we're playing like Rock and Ring, where it's like a stadium, Yeah. you know, to here, or like going somewhere to do like a special show that's like a club show. So... I needed to eliminate variables in my rig. Like, I, you know, th that rig sounded great, but with a revolving door of techs and the way the business is now, I wanted everything that I had to be like mobile and replaceable. So I'm just basically on the Axe FX3. Okay. 
um, I gave this sound away to Fractal so you can look online and get the sound that I do and have the sounds that I have. I use, I know a lot of people have like different sounds for every song, and different whatever. Yep. I have one sound. My scene is set up like a pedal board and I use the guitars to change the tone. Huh. So all my guitars have the same output. This has the same output and I use one sound. I do, I'm actually lying. For the Kingdom, I have a whammy setup that goes to, um, uh, a whole step. So I have a different patch for that, but it's the same sound with a different whammy pedal. And then I have this switcher, which I'm told you have to have, and Whirlwind was kind enough to make it for me years ago, but um, I asked them to make mine the amateur model because I thought professional was super snobby. You know, like <laughs> I'm gonna have something that other people can't get. Yeah. So now I have an amateur model thing that you can't get. And then um, this is the switcher. And that's it. I have a super simple rig. I use these matrix, matrix power amps, which I've just been told you can't get anymore. And I have a Mesa Boogie white cabinets on stage. 412. Um, Cesar pulled in, pulled in big for me because they didn't want to make them. And then he made a phone call and I got all white cabs. It's I've good always... to have friends. Well, it's also like if you play, like Zach's going to come in here. And when you're playing <laughs> festivals with my friends that are in bigger bands than we're That's at, and guy. you're playing during the daylight, and you don't have lights, the white cabinets really look good for photographs, don't well, they? They look good anyway. <laughs> they anyway, look I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, that's it. It's a simple rig. Um, every one of these guitars, with the exception of the 63 SG, anyone can buy. You can get this guitar really cheap unless I just blew the price right up. And my rig and my sound are available. And one of the things that I'm into is that, like, um, I think guitar, especially now in, in the modern age when you can go on Instagram and see all these people like shredding in gamer chairs and doing all this stuff, it can be, <laughs> gamer it can be intimidating. But the thing is, is that like anyone can do this. Anyone can make music. Yeah. Anyone can play music. And the key is to be yourself and to have fun. And uh, so if starting out with my guitar sound is a good, you know, gate for you, unless you think I'm trash, which, you know, you might be right in some levels. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can get my sound and you can get one of these guitars, like you can get one of these Gibsons, you could just buy one, and, uh, or a new Junior, which is fine for like a, you know, 800 bucks, yeah. and, and, and just make music and have fun doing it. I think people forget about like guitar is like, you know, smoke on the water, like a kid going like, ah, ah, ah. like music is supposed to make people feel like they can be involved in it, not like they can't obtain it yeah. in any way. Two real quick questions, because I know we're holding things up, Chris, but I appreciate your time. Is yeah. You have kind of one core sound. Do you know, like, amp-wise, what kind of amp you're, like, is it, is it a, I know that you had dual recs before, you had that uh, EL34 Marshall power amp. Do you know what amp is centered around your core tone inside no, the? I gave up on it because. But it's um, online. It's online, but the other thing is, is that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I grew up playing JMPs, and most people aren't in a space where they can play a hundred watt full stack, you know, and I don't think it matters. Like, and the reason why people use those amps is because that was what's available, but like using what's available to you and finding a sound that's available to you, like you're never going to get, I don't care what anybody says, you can make it close, but you're never going to get anything that models a, a real good AC 30. Cause it just does something that like no other amps do, but also who cares? 
Like Brian May made his own guitar and he made a whole band around it. Like you don't need that stuff yeah. to be in a band and make good music. So I don't know what it is. You could look it up, but it doesn't matter. You're really undercutting our profession of what we do for a living is because <laughs> gear is supposed to matter. Oh, then it really does. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing and we'll get out of your hair, I promise, is can you show off the guitar that has like three frets? Your tech was showing us beforehand. Oh yeah, I don't know where that is. Oh, shoot. Zach's coming back in. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Why do I know so much about <laughs> Zach, are you teching, bud? <laughs> Once attack, always attack. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> on More Than Machines, there was a couple of different, that song had a couple of different iterations and a bunch of different uh, overdubs. And I never, when I'm, uh, when I'm recording, I never do it like based on the guitar or a tuning or what something has to be. Like I think of the part yeah. and then I do it. So um, we got these parts from uh, Fender and Luis, who was originally my tech, but now works for Corey because he's cooler or something. Um, built this guitar for me. This is like a old Lawler low wine pickup I had lying around. These All are right. two parts ordered off Fender. Um, Luis like shaved this down. It has a light on it that when you turn it on and off, it makes like fun stuff. <laughs> and then this is like a deco boom pickguard, I guess. But again, this is just a three parts, frets. It's a parts guitar. It's three frets, and the reason why I did it is um, because fretless can be challenging in different environments. Yeah. You know. So what I did was at least I know this is tuned B to B. At least when I start out and I hit the B, I, I know I can know what I can base the rest of the pitch off of. So, but as far as I know. It's the only three fretted guitar. I know Scott Ian did a guitar that when I was a kid that stopped at the 12th fret, but uh, I'm just taking a little bit further than him. <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit older than me and I'm just like, you know, continuing the trail. Yeah. I'm joking. He lives in my neighborhood, I'm joking. <laughs> well, Chris, I really appreciate the time. I know uh, this has been a kind of a rushed one with everything that's crammed into a pre-show day here at the Ryman, but thank you guys. And uh, we're gonna go check out Gavin's gear. All right. Thank Thanks you, a lot, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, we are stage left now, checking out Gavin Rossdale's gear. Recognize this beautiful face, Trace Davis, who was uh, on the Smashing Pumpkins rig rundown with Jeff. Yes. Yes, and also a man behind uh, the man behind Voodoo Amps. So all yes. your amp services and mods needed. This is the guy to look forward to. Which ironically, these guys uh, don't have amps, so it makes your job a lot easier. <laughs> not, not this time, no. Not this time around. But uh, let's dive right into these guitars. Sure. What's, uh, what, what are you uh, looking at right here? This is the main strap. Uh, which is obviously a Fender Strat, made in the USA. Um, pretty heavy, actually. It's, it's almost Les Paul heavy. Wow. Which is unusual. Um, pickups are actually stock, and this is a Shawbucker. Okay. Uh, the Shawbucker 1, specifically. And there is a coil tap here. Not that we really use it, but it's more used in the studio. Okay. Primarily on this particular guitar, we're living on the, just on the bridge. Yeah. You know. Doing it that way, um, rosewood, maple neck, the usual alder, but it's heavy. Like I said, heavier than most strats I've I've come across. I know over the 30 years or so that he's been with Bush and being the front man and yeah. the face of the band, uh, he's played a lot of different guitars, but I've associated mm -hmm. him with the strat style mm -hmm. and even re more recently with just the single humbucker. So to see the three pickup configuration was, is... Uh, yeah, you know, well, we've switched from away from... They started on amps, of course, then went to the Axe too for a, a little while. Then last summer, right before I came out and did a run with them, uh, they went over to the uh, the FM9, yeah, so the, the Fractal FM9. 
And as we were in production rehearsals this time, uh, we just ended up, you know, changing some tones around. And this ended up sounding a lot chunkier, a little more heft on the on the low end for sure compared to the single, huh. you know, ones. But uh, we do have a backup single in which I can, meaning a single pickup, okay. I can show you real quick. Yeah. Now, I wonder, I'm sure there's a lot of theories on why that would be. It could just be the heavy wood that you said, but a lot of people do have uh, a theory that the extra pickups do something to the single pickup in the bridge. I don't know well, uh, schematics and electronics, do. but yeah. It's, it's, you know, magnets, right? Yeah. So you have an electromagnetic field. And so that's, <laughs> <laughs> without getting too geeky here, all right, or, or too crazy. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's a thing. It, they do affect one another when you've got multiple pickups. And so some people like it like this. Um, you know, the 80s got a lot of the 80s guys. Remember yeah. that, the hot rodded strats? Yep. Um, so yeah, so this is a Shabbat uh, made in California. Um, we just got this for the tour. Um, Looks brand had, new. It's pretty new. It's a little relic. <laughs> I mean, as far as that goes, which was, you know, done at the factory. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, we had a, like a PAF style in here. And and Gavin is, is likes a little bit more oomph, you know, a little bit more output. Um, so right now, this is a Piedmont uh, pickup. Charles Piedmont makes these. They're really nice. Uh, he's well coils for a lot of well-known boutique pickup guys we'll leave it at that uh -huh. <laughs> not, not for me to reveal but yeah um, this one's called an undertow which is really good i, I actually really really like it um and it, it's a little more similar now in tone not the same different mid-range but similar to the number one so. okay and yes he is using some some beefy strings which we'll get to as well <laughs> yeah well, well you bring it up let's let's touch on that right now what what yes. strings are you guys using or is he using, we are say? using believe it or not right here Oh, 11. So 11 to 54, and these, we're all in standard tuning. So it's standard tuning right now. Um, so it's it's a big, beefy set, and it's uh, a little challenging for me to bend the strings, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> so yes, and after that... So what's next? We have, this would be the next main one, we're going to call it, when he switches over to an SG. All right. Um, so this is from the custom shop. Beautiful SG. The, the pickups, everything right now is stock. I've just rewired some of the grounding scheme and so forth but aside from that it's it's fundamentally stock this is a drop c and so we have a couple songs uh he's playing guitar on where it requires that and so, that'd probably be maybe more the newer material i know they kind of dropped the it's tunings. the newer material yeah. correct yep yep some of the stuff off the last couple records actually um this sounds fantastic it's great great sounding sg we also do the little i don't know if you can tell it here but we've got some oh, glow, yeah got a little glow tape you know when it's dark on stage cheat sheet Yep, just so you can see, <laughs> you know, and it's happened to me when I played live, all of a sudden the lights go out, you're like, oh my God, where am I at, you know? Going so back it makes to, it easier. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's all. I was going to say, uh, going back to that, just to keep everyone on track on the same page, did yep. you do anything to the pots or just rewired it to make it more stable? Just rewired it, shortened wires. Um, there's two ways you can do grounding. So I, I, I don't prefer the mechanical way of doing it where you put the, you know, the ground tab to the back of the pot. It's fine, it works, it's great, it's faster to manufacture, but you can do a star grounding and it's a lot quieter, it feels a little bit better. The harmonics are cooler, in my humble opinion. Anyone watching this, I'm sure this will be a huge debate, so I'm not gonna get into that, <laughs> that's just my thing. Me personally, I think it sounds better, it's a little quieter. So, that, you know, just, just stuff, you know, stuff like that. It's not, uh, again, still sounds great, stock for that matter in this case. But uh, this one, we have a backup SG. Okay. That's similar, very similar, same year, same custom shop. Just different color, came came relic like this. And uh, same pickup, same everything. It said that one just sounds a lot better. Wow. <laughs> Noticeably better. Um, but a great guitar, really wonderful sound, feels great, sounds great. Again, drop C. 
as far as the tuning. And yeah. So let me get switch over to the other ones. Yeah, let's see some of those offsets. Got some, looks like Jazz Masters. Yes, All this right. one's been around with him for a while. Um, so this is standard tuning. And he does use this up here, so when you flick the switch up, it's just, you know, this volume and tone. It, and this is bypassed and down, this is bypassed and these are active. All right. And so this is, uh, I, this goes back a little ways. Anyway, as far as age, I, can't, I couldn't tell you the exact year because when I came in, I sort of inherited, you know, what's here, so to speak. Yeah. So um, the vault, the rig and whatnot. Um, so I don't know a ton of specifics, but I'll, I'll give you as much as I can. <laughs> Dish. Yes, uh, but great sounding guitar. He uses this on Glycerine and Come Down. All right. Which is really, a, like I said, I'm, I'm surprised. These are the um, Lawler P90s. Okay. He has in there, so those were switched out at some point prior to myself. And uh, yeah, killer guitar. Sounds awesome. He uses a lot for the feedback parts at the end of the show. All right. I know that there's a cool story that he somehow acquired Joe Walsh's Jazz Master from Hotel California Recordings. So, yeah, the, the connection That's there. That's the neck. Okay. On really? this one, yeah. Is that 66 That's neck. my understanding, yes. All right. Um, so this is equal, again, same pickups, same everything, wired exactly the same. It's just that one sounds a little bit more to his liking, mm. if that makes sense, mm -hmm. um, tonally. But they're very similar in tone, ironically. But yeah, this is the neck, is my understanding, that from that 66. From that. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So they sound great. Great sounding guitars. And he mainly just uses three, the main Strat, main SG, and, and the Jazzmaster. And he's playing, I think, on nine songs on this tour. So. And uh, for tunings on the Jazzmasters, which mm -hmm. one is there? Uh, which uh, one standard. are you using? Everything is standard with the exception of the SG. The SGs. That's the only one that's drop C. Okay. Yep. And so there's that. And the only other thing, let's see, that we're using here, we, are, we do have a, the Accent Sure wireless. So okay. we're, we're all wireless on this end. Actually, same on all the way around for everybody. And I do have a couple pedals here that we utilize. There's a gate pedal. And it's only, so basically we come out of the wireless into the, into these two pedals, and sometimes when he's singing, you know, doing the crowd thing, he'll yeah. take his hands off and gets the crowd singing. So I'll I'll hit that just so the strings aren't, you know, Rattling. making noise. That's yeah, all. Yeah. Other than that, that's it. I just have a uh, we've got an octa. I'm sorry, so the octanot, um, which is very cool, uh, kind of a clone, basically, but his own version. And I use that sometimes along with the Beano Boost, depending on the venue and, and whatnot, there's um, some parts throughout the show where he'll go up to the cabs, which are live, to get feedback, uh -huh. you know, control feedback and whatnot. And so depending on the room, one of those will work better than another sometimes, you know, so I just go between, but that's all I use them for. Other than that, it's, it's all the tones that were programmed on the FM9. Is it the pedal before the FM9 or the FM9 in with? This goes out of the wireless straight into these two, then we go out to the FM9 okay. out on stage out there. Yeah, which and, we can take a look at. And what can you tell me about this? I know that this was a thing that was on your last rig rundown with yes. Jeff and the uh, Smashing we Pumpkins. We can't, we can't make any noise here until around 4 p.m. Yeah. So we're before that, so I still have some things to hook up. Um, this is the Retrospect is the company. It's a juice box. It has a, it, it's a tube DI technically with 12X7 and a 12BH7. And it's just, it's just nice to come out of a digital modeling app or even if you, like cab simulators especially. And come into here, it just feels like when you're playing that chunkiness or mm. that, you know, different peaks and valleys that yeah. we're used to on tube amps, it, it gives you that, that back. Sag. It also sounds nicer and sweeter to the ear, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. you know, some of the highs that digital replicates that aren't necessarily in a tube amp, 
you know, when you're, when you're playing. It does that beautiful thing where it rolls off some of that. You have a nice harmonic distortion. And again, the low end just feels more correct to me. Um, so, you know, that's where that would come into play. It's interesting because I know that you're, you're hedging your bets with putting your opinion out there as gospel. But it, it's you, not gospel. No, no, opinion. but I'm saying like you're, you're <laughs> being very careful opinion. on that to not do that. But yes. you are yes. an amp guy with your amp history. Yes. And both Jeff and Gavin are using digital gear. So for you to have things that bring into the equation that elevate that sound, you mm -hmm. know kind of what the FM9 or the Axe FX or Kemper is trying to get to because you're mm -hmm. an amp guy. So you can almost kind of see either the pitfalls or the the, the right. potholes and then fill it in with stuff like this. You know, digital modeling is not going to go away. No. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm fully aware of that. And I'm fine with it. It, do it doesn't bother me in the least. Some guys are going to be purists and stay with the tubes and, and other guys aren't. You yeah. know what I mean? Tube amps, that is. Um, but again, if you can make something that, that is digital, it's getting it's getting better and better, you know, each each rev, you yeah. know what I mean, every time they put it out. But if we can make it sound and feel a little more tube-like, you know what I mean, like you're playing on a tube amp, then it's sort of the best of all worlds. Yeah. At least that's how I look at it personally. So my own opinion. I guess the better way to summarize what I was trying to say is that you are an amp guy, but you're overseeing digital rigs. So if you can like facilitate that or make it closer to what they're mm -hmm. trying to get, you're, you're the, you know, the wizard of that. So I'm, I'm just one guy that's obsessed with tone. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a wizard of anything, but <laughs> well, we, uh, move forward. What is actually going on with the FM nine? So they got rid of the X effect, like right. Oh, the X effects too. Yes. Is, is now not in play, but the FM nine. So it's all in one. Like you have it right in front right of on the you. floorboard. Yeah. Right on the floorboard, which he does. And he changes the patches. So essentially we'll take a strat and we'll, you know, create a basically a clean, a medium, and a high gain tone. Patches around that. And then there's a couple lead tones, you know what I mean? One that has delay, one that doesn't. Maybe it's electric mistress or something like that, which uh, even though it's labeled that way, it's more of a phaser in this case that, that we're using there. Um, and then we'll do the same with the SG. We'll go back through and, and have those same type of patches, you know, specifically dialed in for that guitar. Mm -hmm. And same with the Jazz Master. Um, so really there's clean, medium gain, and then high gain. And then you got two lead patches to choose from depending on the song, basically. Yeah. And, and really, that's that's it. Um, it's not very complicated as far as that goes. I mean, some guys have tons and tons of sounds. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I don't really have any uh, visibility on Chris's stuff, you yeah. know what I mean, which you'll get to um, before or after this, however you're going to do the segment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's he's got all kinds of cool stuff going on, you know, for sure. And he's he's like a master of, that, of tone anyway. So he's a great player, great guy, so... And I, I'll ask you, knowing that this isn't a decision that you can make or have any sway on, but I know during the last recording of the record, Gavin almost used exclusively building the sounds through uh, around the quad cortex, the neural DSP thing. Mm -hmm. Do you know if there's any plans for them to shift to that in the future, being that he works so question. closely with that? I, I don't... Based on your knowledge. I again, don't want to speak for him because I haven't, you haven't talked heard anything about like that, that with him. Um, what I can tell you is right now for this tour, and I, and I believe... For the next, you know, the rest of this year, we'll call it. Okay. Um, that they'll be sticking with the FM9s. That's my understanding Got of it. it. Now, again, if, if that changes, which is entirely possible that could or couldn't, I don't yeah. know. Um, I'm putting you on the spot in several spots here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to pin you down. It's all good. <laughs> well, uh, Trace, thank you so much. It's thank always you, great always. seeing you. It's a pleasure I appreciate to see you as always. Uh, everyone stay safe out there. Keep rocking and keep checking out our gear. Thank you.